0: Our second scripture lesson comes to us from the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, the book of Deuteronomy. From top to bottom, Deuteronomy is filled with decrees and lessons and education concerning worship and community and fellowship and confession and the ways to live as God's people. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, this Lord alone, says Moses. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Now, before the Israelites can pass over into the promised land, Moses calls Joshua and shares God's plan. Deuteronomy, the 31st chapter beginning with verse 7. Hear the word of God. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all of Israel, Be strong and bold, for you are the one who will go with this people into the land of the Lord who has sworn to their ancestors to give to them. And you will put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. The Lord will be with you. The Lord will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Then Moses wrote down the law and gave it to the priests and the sons of Levi, who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and to all the elders in Israel. And Moses commanded them this. Every seventh year in the scheduled year of remission, during the festival of booths, when all of Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place that God will choose, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Assemble the people, men, women, children, as well as aliens residing in your towns, so that they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God and observe diligently all the words of this law, and so that their children, who have not known it, may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as they live in the land that you are crossing over the Jordan to possess. Now, therefore, Write this song and teach it to the Israelites. Put it in their mouths in order that this song may be a witness for me against the Israelites. For when I have brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey, which I promised on oath to their ancestors, and they have eaten their fill and grown fat, they will turn to other gods and serve them, despising me and breaking my covenant. And when many terrible troubles come upon them, this song will confront them as a witness because it will not be lost from the mouths of their descendants. For I know what they are inclined to do even now before I have brought them into the land that I promised them on oath. That very day, Moses wrote that song and taught it to the Israelites. And then the Lord commissioned Joshua, son of Nun, and said, be strong and bold, for you shall bring the Israelites into the land that I promised them, and I will be with you. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. What do we know about Moses and Joshua? Although the references are relatively brief and scattered through all the books, right before and some after, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, they give us the stories of Moses preparing Joshua to be his successor. Moses was taught by God Now Moses is the teacher of Joshua and in that relationship there are two primary responsibilities. Moses to teach and Joshua to be teachable. That's it. Two primary responsibilities, teach and be teachable. And throughout Exodus and the decades together in the desert, God has painstakingly with much patience, trained Moses to be wise, to make mistakes, and from those mistakes and you fall down, you must get up again and try another day. Moses, mistakes, down, up, another day. It's the rhythm of these texts. Moses has done the same for Joshua, and now Joshua must do the same for God's people. It is God's intention for us to recognize teachable moments, to be the teacher and the student, and sometimes both. I hope that each one of us has a memorable teacher or teachers in our lives, the most Memorable being the one who has led us to some discovery, some aha, absolute stunning moment, a breakthrough, perhaps in the classroom, perhaps not, perhaps years later. For me, one of those teachers was at Emerson College in Boston, and his name was Ken Crenell, a professor of oral interpretation of literature. And he taught me, this very eager and chatty student, that the most sacred of human relationships are formed in the moments between words. In fact, he said all of communication, all of speech, all of what we want others to know is formed in the moments between words. That human communication is 5% speech, and 95% non-vocal. He taught me to listen more than to speak, to attend to the subtext rather than the spoken word. It's a lesson I still am learning today. Lauren, listen more than you speak and listen for the subtext between the words. And then there was Liang Xiao who patiently and painstakingly taught us at Princeton Theological Seminary, this was in our first year, to read Hebrew. Not just to understand and memorize the letters, but to read. And upon first reading in that first year, upon first reading in Hebrew the Joseph narrative, when God says in the Hebrew, and God meant it for good, I burst into tears. It was like climbing Mount Everest that somehow those Hebrew letters became the words of God and I felt like I had made it. And Professor C- Leong Siao said, no, Lauren, you haven't made it. You've just begun. Now, he said, you're ready to listen to God's word before the Aleph, the bait, and the Gimel. Mind blown. Who are these teachers for you? Yo-Yo Ma says that Isaac Stern made him the musician that he is today. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm gonna get some water. Anybody having allergy issues? (laughs) Yo-Yo Ma says that Isaac Stern made him the musician that he is today by teaching him that music has very little to do with actually playing the cello. Isaac Stern taught me, he says, that it's not the notes that matter, it's what's in between the notes and what it takes to get from one note to the other. Music is not made by hitting a key, or by bowing a string, or by blowing over a reed, or by placing your fingers on the organ keys. Music is made by what's in between. This is how God teaches us and prepares us. It's what's in between, between God and ourselves and ourselves and others, It's what it takes to get from one note to the other, one syllable to the other, one heartbeat to the other, by opening our eyes each day with a knowledge that it's never going to be about the words we say, but about the actions that we take between the words. It's not what trips off the tongue or the strings. It's living as those who are the silent beats of life And knowing that we are never forsaken or abandoned or orphaned for however long that silence in between those notes takes. Now therefore write this song, says the Lord, and teach it and put it in their mouths in order that the song may be a witness for me. Be strong, be bold, for I will be with you. Do you think that God's song is about notes? No. Do you think God's song is about harmony? Well, as beautiful as harmony is, no. Do you think God's song is about a promise? You bet. The Moses Joseph The Moses-Joshua relationship embodies this. Every Moses needs a Joshua, and every Joshua needs a Moses. Moses brought Joshua everywhere, exposed him to deeper truths, and taught him to listen between the notes. And whenever he fell, he had to get up again, empowering his growth, supporting him through difficulty, and most meaningful, introduced him to that intimacy with God. The God that forgives and gives us a hand and gets us off of our butts to face a new day. The God who goes before you and who will be with you and will not fail or forsake you, be strong, be bold. It's not a threat, it's a fortitude. It is a fortitude, fortitude. The strength that enables to encounter danger or bear pain or adversity with courage. In other words, it's the spunk, the pluck, the guts and the grit, the tenacity or doggedness. And it's also from my favorite Yiddish word in all creation. My favorite Yiddish word is chutzpah. It's that. It's what Karl Barth says is a kind of holy courage, this fortitude. Fortitude, he says, like courage, is fear that has says its prayers. God's word does not make cowards of us. In her novel, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, Maya Angelou tells us the story of her childhood and her growing up in the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church in Arkansas. Every few months, the Reverend Howard Thomas, the presiding elder of her district, would come and stay at Maya's home, and oh, how she detested it. She despised his visits. She says, I could not stand the man. I know that was bad, but I could not stand him. He was unendingly condescending ate the best parts of the chicken dinner, left little behind for anyone else, and his prayers before Sunday breakfast droned on and on and on so long that breakfast was ruined and the awaiting ham and eggs and biscuits and toast were cold and nasty. On one particular summer Sunday at the table, however, the Reverend Thomas read from the book of Deuteronomy. Maya Angelou says, "'I was stretched between loathing his voice.'" Now remember, she's a child. "'I was stretched between loathing his voice and wanting to listen, because Deuteronomy is my favorite book of the Bible.'" The laws are so absolute, so clearly set down, that I knew if a person truly wanted to live, all she had to do was memorize Deuteronomy and follow its teachings in the spirit of God's spirit. And she said, I also really loved the way that it tripped from the tongue. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy who? Deuteronomy. No one was going to ruin this book for me, she said, not even a preacher. The book, it turns out, even in his droning and murmuring, was a strength. God's word for her was a fortitude. And in God's song of promises, full of spunk and pluck, and grit, and guts, and chutzpah. The notes of God's word do not simply fall off the tongue. The words themselves make us bold, and get us up off the floor, and keep us strong. For God's prayer for us, is to be singers of this song. Singers of God's song. Thanks be to God.